Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. Feels like it's been a very, very long two and a half, three years of hoping, of waiting to finally get a halfway competent, true number 10. And now with this blessed week we have with the excitement that I'm bringing to this episode, because number one, there's no loss, right? So we don't have to be sad about that. It's really only been good Positive news this entire week, which is absolutely phenomenal. I've already started it. We're going to make t-shirts probably. Shield or field. Now we start our run. Maybe not the next two games, but that third game, we should have a pretty damn good idea of what this team will look like moving forward over the next few years. And one of the most crucial additions that I've been asking for, for Months and months and years and years and years. We finally have a 10. We're going to talk about this later, but it's, it, we have to just discuss it now. Before I even ask you how you're doing, man, how do you feel about this Pozuelo 150 deal, 150K deal? Like it, it, This seems like unreal to get the 2020 MVP. We're talking 150,000 for a trial run. For a trial one, trial run when in the winter time we should have three open DP spots. Go ahead. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm shocked at Henderson. You dirty I dog. I gotta be you. honest. I gotta be honest. I was really, really shocked when I saw the news come across. And, and it's not even that I was shocked that we got a player of his caliber. I was shocked at the audacity of, of Hendo to offer that to Toronto and then Toronto be like, yeah, we're good. Now we all know Bernadeschi was coming over from Juve on a free. Okay. Is what it is, but it doesn't take away from the fact that we just got the 2020 MLS MVP for literally nothing because in the grand scheme of things, the quote unquote, and you got to love the MLS rules discovery rights for Gareth Bale is going to essentially pay for almost all of this. So we really are, let's, I mean, we're getting away with a ludicrous deal. That's the best way to put it. Absolute ludicrous. Yeah, right, because it's what, 75 and then 75? So, yeah, I mean, you're getting the, yep. the, the, the whole 75 up front. I mean, it is just, yeah, it just feels so good. It's it's absolutely insane. It's at, For 150K, like, do you know how, how many other teams would have been okay with that? You're not, like, it doesn't require a DP spot. Right, you're just gonna you're just gonna let him play out this contract, and then yeah, we'll require one down the road. But 
still plenty of life left in them. It's not like this is someone, you know, completely at the, at the end of their career. This is arguably, arguably the best player on the team, you know, at least has been for the past two, if not three years. Um, I mean, he's only 30 years old. He's, he's, he's younger than both of us. And, you know, say what you want. We still got it. We, we do not. Uh, you we, we you do, still got it, sir. <laughs> we do not have it. We are so far <laughs> washed. But, uh, I mean, uh, but I got to be honest. This has the feeling of the Bryce Duke signing to me because Toronto fans were in almost an outrage mm-hmm. that, that he was leaving, even though they were getting a pretty decent player in return from the Juve side. To yeah. to uh, to uh, Toronto on a free, on top of the fact that they have in- Insigne coming, and I forget, they, I think they signed somebody else. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jay. Um, uh, I know they're trying to offload Salcedo and open up the spot for another one, but Bernadeschi yes, is the, the the one they're looking at now, which they believe that he'll okay. be a better play the Italian connection between him and and and, and you know, what is it, Lorenzo Insigne? Yeah. What do you mean, buddy? But I mean, if you would have told me. If you would have told me that the 2020 Euro Italian squad was going to get dismantled and start to see them coming over to the MLS like this, I would have called you crazy. And now that entire team between Chiellini, Insigne, and Bernadeschi, they're all coming over. It's like, I mean, is the MLS starting to look appealing to a lot of these players? You know, yeah, I think it, I think it is. I think it's always going to be, at least for the foreseeable future, the place where individuals are going in the twilight of their career. But what I think we're going to see, say, over the next five years, right? Whereas maybe the last two years, three years, whatever, maybe that average age was like, you know, 34, 35. I think now we're seeing that to come down, you know, a little bit, maybe like to 32, 33. You know, then we're getting down maybe a little lower. I think I think that trend will continue where people will come over here. But, you know, if you're a Euro star, you're not going to leave like in your like mid to late 20s. That's your prime. But, you know, maybe you're more willing to come over, say, when you're 30, 31, something like that. And that's how the league really grows. I and mean, we were talking about somebody who played you know, 88 games, 26 goals for Toronto. Um, the one thing this team has never had, you know, this isn't Diego Alonso's fault. This isn't Phil Neville's fault. Phil's tried to move players around, but we've never had a 10 to pull the strings. We never had a truly creative player. We were forced to put Gonzalo into the 10 role and, that's not his that's not his position, right? He is a scorer, although, you know, say what you want about Gonzalo. We're not even gonna get into that right now. But like now we finally have someone who um, you know, we have the speed on the wings, right? In droves. Like this is a good depth signing, especially with 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 Coco Jean, which is Corinton Jean, Coco Jean. Uh, especially with that, now we got depth on the wings. We have the speedy wingsters, right? If we're gonna play like a Noah Allen or a, a Yedlin. I mean, even you know, McVeigh's not not bad. Gibbs if he's healthy, whatever. We have the speed on the sides, speed on the wings. Uh, now we have a, a someone who I would imagine playing more of like a cam role kind of kind of ten. Truly, someone who can feed Campana better balls, uh, feed the wings. It just seems like a really complete signing. I think we're gonna we're going to um, maybe we'll just take this out of the, the end of the show since we're just on this right now, right? So we don't do this do this twice, I guess, because yeah. this is the obviously the best news probably of the entire season for us. I think we're gonna yeah. see some shifts around the midfield, right? So. Been pretty cut and dry, four through three. I'm cool with that. That's my go-to formation. Love it anyway. Uh, You know, I coach FIFA, but (laughs) whatever. Love the four through three. I think we're going to see some sort of rotation to more like a defensive-minded four through three, right? I think we're going to have a cam kind of up and then, um, 
you know, two, two probably looking at Gregory on the left, Mota on the right, just because Mota has that left foot angle-wise. Uh, two behind, so right, kind of like a triangle spread out for the 4-3-3. Or I could see where, uh, you know, Gregory's centralized back and then you have Pozuelo on the left and then Mota on the right. Where does it get tricky, right? A little bit for Bryce Duke. Played phenomenal. Hundred thousand dollar deal right there, amazing, right? I think we're going to be able to see a lot of uh, more substitution based on what Phil sees, what the needs are in the midfield, right? So whether that looks like you know Pozuelo and then you know Malta, we'll say is the kind of attacking midfielders. Uh, you know Malta gets tired, bring on Duke or vice versa. Pozuelo getting a little bit older, maybe he's not going to be playing ninety minutes, but it gives us some rotational depth, or we just remove Gregory if we need to go into more attacking mindset. I think that's the major shift we're going to see here. I think Indy, you know, Robbie Taylor, while yes, they can play midfield, I think we're going to keep them up on the wings. It's a good depth signing, especially towards a, a July where it was, what, seven games in 26 days, right? And now we're one down. We still have six games this month. I think that's the major change we see here, but I think the results, you know, tougher for Bryce Duke, but I think the results are, are what's needed for the team. I'm going to go against the grain here, and I say that – you sit Mota and you play Duke because Duke has been in form, been playing like a man on fire. Mota, I have nothing against the guy, but, you know, we joked about it before the FC Dallas game was, all right, you know what? Today's the day. Here comes that 30-yard screamer we've all been been waiting for. And while he plays well in spots, if if you had to give me that – choice between Mota kicking a 30-yard field goal or Duke pulling the strings and making it happen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Duke right now. I think it's going to be a lot of, of trial and error, uh, and, and you know some fans may not want to hear that. They want the immediate results, but you're going to have to do the trial by error to make sure everybody fits in because the last thing we want to see is Bryce Duke die on the vine. Yeah, but I, look... I don't think that's as against the grain as you think. I think that there'd be a lot of Inter-Miami fans that would agree with you. I would rather Duke play. Moda does have more experience, uh, but Duke has, I think, been playing better. You know, he, whoa, you know, classic Phil plays someone out their position. Moda might not be the worst. You know, if we need to play more of like a, this is, this is a hot take, like a left back, left winger situation because he already has that left foot on that side. Maybe, maybe you working in there. I think, I think these are good problems to have. We have some depth now, and you know, I think we can make a lot of adjustments. We're still seeing five substitutions a game. So, you know, you say maybe you replenish one of the, the defenders who's, who's gassed out there, and that leaves you four real options to, to mess with the attack. Um, this feels right. This feels good. This feels like a, a blessing, absolute blessing, uh, com- considering what we were expecting this season, right? A lot of these players are, you know, they're, they're not going to be here in two to three years. Let's be honest, right? We're kind of built a budget team. Uh, it worked out, you know, starting to build that foundation. But as those DP spots come available, we're going to have new faces, new starters, and all that stuff. So it's tough to not get attached to these players when they've been playing so well with so little, right? But, uh, man, when will we see them? That's the question. Um, so it was on the press conference today. Uh, there really is no timetable they can provide. This is going to be strictly a visa issue. Obviously, anything dealing with the United States government does not always go as swimmingly as you would think it would. So, you know, we're probably looking at something maybe like two to three weeks for both both Coco and uh, Pozuelo. 
good news is Pozuelo has been in the league, not going to need any adjustment there. Really just me and his teammates building that repertoire, getting into the system. 4-3-3, similar to what he's played for most of his career. Little adjustment there. On the other hand, Coco Jean, probably take a few weeks to adjust. I think we'll see Coco come in more as a sub, you know, get 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, where I think Pozuelo, once he's cleared, will be a starter. I think we see Jean down at the, and I could be very, very wrong with this, but I think you see him more down at the IMCF2 level, at <laughs> least to get his feet wet. I, I mean, because, dude, let's be honest. Right now they're starting Jovan Jones as a striker. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> good for go, Good for Jovan. It only. Yeah, you know, I mean, again, no knock to Jovan Jones, but I think we give Jean the perfect time to, or the, the perfect amount of time through the Inter-Miami 2 to get adapted to the style of play around here. Yes, I know. MLS next is not the MLS. Uh, they're, they're. They're similar, but they're different, especially with some of the new rules they're looking to put into a play. Here. Same, same, but um, different. But at the same time, I think that's going to be the best thing for him, unless something catastrophic happens to Leo, like somebody knock on wood quick, um, where we need John to step right in and have a go of it. Because, I mean, and again, we'll talk about this later, but Gonzalo's not it. Like, And, and we, we don't want to beat a dead horse here, but he's not it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, agree. Okay. And, and look, the writing's on the wall. I think Gonzalo knows that. I think really everybody knows that. Uh, I agree with that. You know, hey, give him time to develop and then, uh, you know, get used to, to MLS, quote unquote, MLS, right? MLS next, whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and give it time. Um, but look, going to be a crucial run. Uh, this is where it counts. About to be after the Orlando game, uh, officially halfway through the season. So, um, hey, we're looking forward to it. This is what we've all been asking for. Absolute steel seems too good to be true. Hopefully more sanctions aren't coming because this deal is just one of the filthiest. Um, I think I saw someone in the Discord was what, calling for a Chris Henderson statue at, at Miami Freedom Park already. Well, the funny thing is, you know, we live in their head red, uh, rent-free. The first thing I saw on Twitter was Orlando fans going nuts that somehow we had, like, to them, we had their eighth DP, and we were, were stealing the system and cheating the system and how we just love sanctions and all that. And it's, yeah. uh, it, 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 it was comical. Until Presidente Fernando Fiore clapped back at him. So I was like, how many DPs is this? And he said the, the right amount. Yeah, they're going to be salty. Yeah. They're uh they're definitely a salty bunch, uh, but whatever. Like, that's the rivalry. Here's the good news for Orlando. I'm going to go ahead and say with a, about as, as high as I can without absolute certainty uh, that Pozuelo will not be available for that game. So um, we'll have to they'll, – they'll get to experience the Pozuelo effect on the, uh, the second uh, game of the regular season, right? It'll be the third time we played them this season. Um, that's the home game. Maybe we catch him in the playoffs and get four in a season. I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but it's it's good times. It's exciting times. And here we are. So, yeah, a um, little out of order from the uh, the beautiful outline that you tried to, uh, you know, use to control me. But, uh, hey, here we are. I think that's, uh, that's the news everyone wants to hear right away, and we'll give it to them instantly. But we did have a game, um, kind of not maybe not technically over the weekend since it was Monday, July 4th. Um, it was a little tough. A lot of teams had had games Wednesday uh, and and you know Friday or Saturday. So uh, a lot of a lot of teams have a game in hand on us right now. But we waited a little bit 
longer. Go to the most patriotic state on July 4th. Go play against FC Dallas, buddy. Walk us through what happened here. I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and lead both of our, I guess, projections or um, what we thought was going to happen in the scoreline were wrong, which is fine. We'd much rather be wrong on our scoreline prediction and enjoy some points out of this squad. But give everyone an update of what happened down in Dallas. All right. Well, you know, uh, we all kind of, I think we all kind of let out a sigh as we saw that Gonzalo was starting up top. I did post on the Twitter. I said, hey, everybody calm down. You know, we got the the stretch of games coming up. Leo needs to sit. He needs to rest because I'd rather him rest against Dallas than against Orlando. I think you agree with me on that point there, Jay. I do, buddy. So the game started out i guess you want to call it now at this point what three years in classic inter miami we didn't know we, we didn't know what we were doing we we couldn't get out of our own way uh we did show some signs of life but honestly the only reason this game didn't get out of hand is big draco was was the man on fire and shout out to mr big draco there with that sick Looking mask, looking like Rip Hamilton out there. Rip <laughs> Yo, the I saw Hamilton. that. I was like, "Woo!" The all shooter, right. dude. God, God bless Rick Hamilton. I don't know what he's doing nowadays, dude. The Yo, 06 that's, Detroit that's, Pistons, man. What is God? That's uh, that's gonna be a throwback that might go over some of our listeners' heads. So yeah, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. In, they don't even know who Ben fans. Wallace is, bro. Now, if you want to know who these folks are, look up the uh, Palace Auburn Hills and the yeah, Malice dude. at the Palace. You'll Chauncey understand. Phillips, Tejon Prince, mm. Rasheed Wallace, mm. Ben Wallace, Richard Hamilton. What a squad, dude. What a squad. We, we are old. We should just we should just start doing an NBA podcast, too, at this point. <laughs> uh, but, no. So, let's get back to it, though. Uh, you know, Draco was instrumental in the first half. He, he really kept us in the game. Uh Unfortunately, and you know, we've been saying this a lot recently, you have one of those goals. It was a beautiful goal. And as a fan of the game, you absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, free kick outside the box, the 27th minute, Alan Valesco, he put it where you could only have put it yep. to score that goal. Uh, Draco set up a five-man wall. It was really kind of weird because it was a four, I want to call it a four-and-a-half-man wall because Indy didn't quite get into the wall, but he really was... I don't know, he was man marking, but he was a part of the wall, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Um, and it this ball had some whip when it came around the right side of that. I guess it'd be Drake's to his left side, and it just tickled the side netting. Drake mm-hmm. dove for it. Uh, I mean, the, the pro Dallas uh commentating crew that I was listening to made it sound like he had no chance. Drake wasn't that far off of it, but it was right into the side netting, so had, there was no way shape. But he he he, he had shaded over to that side as well. Like, there's that's just – that's one of those – I mean, no one's yeah. saving that. You know, no. maybe, maybe Neuer in, you know, circa 2013 or something like that, but that's one – that's like the, the Shin Yashiki goal. But you can't be yeah. mad at your keeper. You cannot even be mad nope. at your keeper. Nope. I mean, even, uh, you know, Lucy, as we were driving back from New York, I had the game on my phone, and even Lucy looked at it, and she goes, yeah, yeah, no, you can't be mad at that. That's a, that's a beautiful goal. So, um, is what it is. Uh, the game slugged on after that point. Uh, it, I think leading up to halftime, we were all begging for a change. Um, it was slow. It was 
uneventful for us. If you looked at the passing maps in our recent losses, you could see the you could see the alarm bells start to ring because all the passes were going to the middle and they weren't going anywhere else that were, was actually a dangerous position. We were trying to one-man army it against the uh, Dallas defense, and we really looked out of sorts. Uh, what, what did you think of the first half, Jay? Yeah, it was rough. I mean, outpassed, out outpossessed, um, outshot. Nothing was really going our way in, in, in the, the first. It was one of those, like you said, traditional kind of classic inter-Miami uneventful first halves and then we go into the second half and changes have to be made and and took a little bit they eventually were made and then that's kind of where things where things turned i do want to say the shocking stat to me and i I mean we tend to look at the stats more than the average person here when they're because we have we do this but we were outpassed by almost 200 passes in the first half it was like 300 and change to 100 and change Jeez. it finished 522 to 386 yeah so, so that means that yeah yeah i mean i don't know these stats are, are difficult how, though because like it really is a tale of two different halves right it's when we go over the stats after we finish up the game recap if, if you haven't watched the game, you can't let these stats fool you. We didn't show up until these subs were made in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, subs were made. Uh, Leo came on, and I'm missing the second sub. Bryce Duke. Yes, Bryce Duke came on. Uh, how, how could I forget Bryce Duke? I was just praising him a minute ago. Um, but, yeah, Bryce Duke came on. The game opened up. Like, it was almost an immediate the game opened up. Campana was making runs. The wingers felt more comfortable. The midfield was pulling the strings. The defense tightened up. Drake kept us in the game. Uh, 88th minute. Hot damn. It was like Robbie Taylor was recreating dirty dancing. He went up the right side of the pitch. He beat uh, Munoma. And he got into the corner and he said, no. No, nobody puts baby in the corner. He blows past Munoa, has a series of beautiful step overs, stutter steps, hesitation dribbles. He cuts up the touchline to Farfan, nutmegs him. Like, absolutely nutmegs mm-hmm. him. The ball flicks off his heel and just right time. Like, it's a poacher's goal right there. Yep. The ball popped up to Campana, and Campana expertly slammed it into the dirt and up into the goal. And uh, I went wild. I will honestly say, as I was driving, I may or may not have almost wrecked the car because I forgot I was driving. Yep, it yep. was insane. I, I had um, a similar similar reaction to that. I loved the just the play before it cuts up the uh, the the end line there. I mean, just just dragging it over, stopping with his right foot, and then continuing the drag all in one smooth motion, just right past him. Yeah, not the you can't sit here and. and brag about the goal too much right i mean it, you know you, you did make someone which is beautiful but it did clip his heel which is why it went up in there but hey these things happen and uh i've always said man you, you got to be a capitalist man you got to capitalize on your opportunities when they come campana handled it like an absolute boss buried it and at that moment you know hey sneaking out of dallas with their home record and our away record that felt you know maybe not three points good but that, that felt a little better than one point we'll, we'll call, i'm gonna call that a two-point win right there it was a one point, but it felt like a three. Yeah. Because I, 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 I sometimes get disappointed with the draws, but 
the cardiac heron struck again. And I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Like, this is this is what we want to see. Yeah. And, and again, I'm going to point out, and I know some of our listeners are tired of me saying it, our team last year would have lost this game. Oh, yeah. We would have fell apart. We would have fell apart, and we would not have had the poise to do that. And I also want to pat both of us on the back. Robbie Taylor is coming into fruition of what we thought he would be. You know, we, we, we pointed him out to be a, Hey, let's watch this guy. And I could watch, I could watch him dribble that ball all day long. Yeah. Like I just, I, I could just watch like his technical ability is fantastic. It is. No other way his to, comfort no level is, is just through the roof, but you know, dealing yes. with the, you know, you said cardiac herons, you know, but just give me horrible traumatic flashbacks of the cardiac cards. And now we have the heart attack herons. I, I would love to have a team that just doesn't cause so much stress in my life as these gray hairs are, are, are popping up, you know, one by one. But yeah, man, I mean, they, in a, in a, the gauntlet of July with all these games on a, on the road against a, a very tough team to beat at home. Uh, the draw feels about as good as it can go. Uh, you know, go ahead and, and, and run us through, uh, through the, the quick, stats here then i've got uh you know some other stats i wanted to mention just about the uh you know the attacking all right so you know as we always do it here it's inner miami and then the opponent so this time inner miami then dallas so possession 43.4 to 56.7 shots 15 to 11 shots on goal six to five important note at halftime, we had one shot on goal. So that shows you the the masterclass that Phil provided with the substitutions right there. Uh, passing, as we already brought up, uh, 386 to 522. Corners, 9 to 6. Saves, 4 to 5. Fouls, 6 to 7. The only stat we truly care about, yellow cards, 1 to 0 in favor of the boys in pink. And red cards, 0 to 0. Jay, what else you got for us? Uh, so we really started seeing identity come together with this this attacking team, and this has you know been some that we've we've been seeing develop through throughout the season. But specifically in this game, you know, as far as attacking sides go, favoring the right side, but but not far behind is the left side, right? So forty percent of our attacks were coming from the right side. That's Yedlin's side, obviously playing up the, the speed of the wing. Thirty six percent on the left side. So only twenty twenty four percent of our attacks were moving through the middle. So everything's, you know, heavy favoring the sides, you know, contrast that now to the actual shot directions, 73% through the middle and 13% on both the right and the left-hand side. FC Dallas had a, a fairly similar game. Both squads had 73% chances going up through the middle. Uh, but I mean, really, really balanced. And you're starting to see this team that, that Phil has been working on that Henderson's been building Utilize the speed on the outside, the speed of the wings. Funnel the ball into Campana, into the midfield. Create those chances that way. And I don't think this is 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 going to be stopping any anytime soon. I think this is only going to increase. Honestly, I think Pizuelo is going to do a great job at at playing the speed of the wings and then you know joining the the attack. That's something that that uh, Neville mentioned. Uh, today in the press conference was that he wants Pozuelo in the final third. I think we're going to see him making runs in behind Campana. I think he's going to be someone who converts a few goals this season. I'm not going to say, you know, he comes in, boom, blows out, you know, eight, nine, ten goals, but I'd be pretty surprised 
you know, if he didn't have at least two or three goals this season with a handful uh, of assists. So this is just something to, to, to keep track on staying, you know, fairly balanced as far as where the shots were coming from, as far as like depth, right? So 20% in the, uh, the six yard box, 47% within the 18 yard box and, you know, 33% from the outside. Cause you gotta have a go. You gotta have a go. That's, 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 that's Mota's area right there. One day he'll bang one in and we'll be like, you know what? Hey, you deserve it, man. Because, you know, we hope anyone can make one out of 30 shots from, you know, 35 yards. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see that come together. We're starting to see consistency in that, which is something that we, that we've kind of lacked, you know, some games are seem very scrappy. We kind of win wherever we can, but now we're really starting to see the identity develop. And now we can build around this, this foundation that we built. And I think it's crazy. Like we're just for having two and a half years of just very disappointing football, man. Like it's, it's tough, but now it's, we finally, I finally feel, I mean, I don't want to speak for every fan. I, I'm sure I can speak for you, but this feels good to know that we're trending in the right direction. We'll get to the power rankings. We'll get to the, uh, supporter shield standing. Maybe it's not getting reflected there. Maybe some of these wins are still ugly, but those improvements that we're seeing every game, it's just reassuring. It really is. And again, cannot emphasize how tough this month is going to be with the competition that we're playing, but man, gives you something to believe in, man. And, and, and sometimes all you need is a little belief. Yeah. I mean, if you're new to the show, we've been preaching the need for a strong foundation time and time and time and time again. And it's exciting that we're seeing it now, you know, and we'll talk U20, we'll talk U15s, we'll talk the Academy. Cause that, you know, we, we do like to cover those groups and those guys are doing their thing, but the senior squad's also building on top of that same foundation that those kids are building too. So it's, it's almost like we, it's almost like we're trying to be a successful organization. Yeah. Like we're, 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 we have possessions with a purpose. You can see there is an intent behind how we're attacking now, where at times over the past two years, especially that first year, it seemed like everything was stagnant. It was so hard to move the ball from the, the you know, our third into the final third. So, so hard. So it's just, it's refreshing. Feels good. Brings a new level of excitement and invigoration to all this going on. I don't know. We are getting close to our hundredth episode. I don't even know if this is it or if it's the next episode, but we've been doing this for quite a while and man, it finally feels somewhat validating to, to stick with this through all the ups and downs and, and have a team that, you know, we can really see becoming one of the better teams in the East. There's a whole lot of season left again after the Orlando game. We're officially at the midway mark. Let me bring this in. I know we'll go over standings real quick, but let me just uh, let me just bring this in real quick. So just going from conference standings, right? New York's in the lead with 32 points. We're in ninth with 22 points. That's a 10-point swing. We've seen crazier things happen within another 18-game stretch. I see all these national media outlets, right? And they're, oh, you know, this is a this was a a, a a trade to get into the playoffs. Like, no, like we're right on the outskirts of the playoffs. And we have a, we have what Charlotte's above us. One game in hand, tons of teams have, uh, have, you know, not tons. Sorry. I was looking at the points, but most teams have at least one game in hand. Some have two games in hand. Like 
this wasn't a, a just make the playoffs push. I, I would be disappointed with the way we've been playing and the way we've been grinding if we can't make the playoffs, honestly, at this point. This is a finished top five. I'll dare say finished potentially top three with the 10 we have and, and, and the confidence growing. And now we're starting to get credit as being one of the, you know, the, the, the teams to watch in the East. It's impressive. Listen, I'm going to be a little more reserved. Yeah. Because sorry. I think sometimes I have to pull you back a tiny bit. I remember last year, you and I getting this excited leading up to the Columbus match that I came down for. And we were all, all pumped up. We were all you know, juiced up over the way the team was performing. And then the bottom fell out. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with this team this year, but don't you, do, you, know, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby fool, fool me once shame on you. Yeah. Like fool me twice. Shame on me. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just don't. I, I will say my optimism is high enough that I just bought tickets to go to the New York Red Bull match. <laughs> and I want to see them beat the number one team in the East. Um, we're going to make that four and a half hour, maybe close to five hour trek out for that game. So that'll be awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I will say this is a playoff push. This is a get in the playoffs and ruin somebody's day. This is continuing to build on the foundation and, and, and keep moving forward in the right direction. And at the end of the day, and again, I'm trying to stay reserved, but at the end of the day, this might be a job saver for Phil. And I'm not saying he's in danger, but I'm saying this this could be the final screw he needs to push the playoffs, make some noise, and get an extension. Uh, I agree. I, I actually agree uh, with that. We were saying, like, hey, you you get us through the the sanctions and, you know, we'll get a new coach at the end of it. But the results were tough for Phil, tough for the community. So, obviously, the first person you're going to point blame at is the coach. But now, uh, you know, we do still occasionally see the, the, the hashtag Neville out. But it's it's definitely significantly less than, than what it has been in the past. And I am hardly agree with you if we you know make the playoffs and we sign two more dps right we get suarez we get messy in the winter time right like I, i've been i'm saying this is gonna happen <laughs> um i mean then yeah you, you put another winning season together we get a like here's the crazy thing right if the first five games were horrible we tied the first one against chicago lost the next four we seem to always win on the sixth game take that out dude and we're we're one of the best teams in the in the east hands down so you know, give us a yep. Keep playing this season. Make make the the additions you need to make. Fill out the DP spots. Boom. Next year, make a solid run. Top three team. Phil's not going anywhere. I promise you that. Nope. Uh, but let's keep moving forward. Uh, let's look at the power rankings. Twenty uh, first and twenty eighth. The thing that stuck out to me, and I want to get your thoughts on this. We dropped three places after a draw to Dallas, who is in tenth in the power rankings. Yeah, none of it really is makes that, that much sense. No, that, that seems more of like a media media spite towards Inter Miami. But I mean, wh- what do you think? I it, maybe media spite. Maybe the way we won the game. Maybe the fact we're still under sanctions. Maybe the fact that was written before Pozuelo was was announced. I, I didn't read the the little blurb under. But did they mention Pozuelo coming? Uh, I don't believe they did, but I looked at it really quick. I'm not going to lie. Right. So, so maybe that's, that's all of that. It, it, it doesn't make sense, but I'll tell you what, man, 
nothing, not too much about MLS makes sense to me. You know, once you, once you really start to dig in the secrecies of everything, the strange rules, there's so much that's just confusing me. So I, I don't, I don't even think like, it's, it's just, it's, this is what it is. It's status quo, right? You know, no, no, no respect. That's fine. See Atlanta above us on what last week after, you know, like it's fine, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I just, all I want, I want to make the playoffs and I don't want to get knocked out in the first game. I would love to make second or third round of the playoffs. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Real quick. I was shocked to see the Taylor 12 man actually gave us some praise for the Pozuelo signing. Like he was, he was actually praising Inter Miami, and I was sitting there scratching my head, like, did that just happen? Yeah, it's is it's he very saying, is he rare. saying something positive. Um, but moving forward, because we could talk about this for days, I think. Uh, Eastern Conference, ninth place, as we touched on. Uh, key things: we're one point behind Charlotte, three points behind New England. We're tied with Columbus on points, but we're ranked ahead of them because we have one more win than they do, and we are two points ahead of Max Lanta. United. Um, again, it's one of those things where a couple a couple balls bounce our way in the next few games, and you know, not only in our game but in a couple other games, and we're sitting pretty. You know, I think too, Phil really needs to look at this and really reevaluate who he's putting out there for the Barcelona match. Like he's really got to reevaluate that. I know some fans are. I mean, I know fans are mostly going to see Barcelona. Where we're not naive to that point. But if he starts some of the players, I got a feeling he might start. Then I'm going to have a conniption. I got, I, I don't know. Um, is what it is. It's out of our hands. I don't want us to just put out like the, the absolute B team. Like let's 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 test ourselves. That's what we need. Let's test ourselves. Keep getting better. I I, I want to see a game where I would like. I, and I don't know. I've not looked into the rules. This is completely ignorant of me. I would like a game with unlimited substitutions. You know, just more of a, a rotational, maybe not unlimited, but, you know, hey, give us maybe seven, right? Something where we can just, just rotate so we're not having to commit all of our starters right away. But I still want this game to be competitive. Uh, I don't know, man. But, like, I just looked at the numbers. This is actually our 100th episode. Holy shit. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. On our 100th episode, we're gifted with a beautiful number 10, finally. How fitting could it be? Can we get the uh, can we get the air horn for our hundredth episode? Oh yeah, sorry. Good call, I'm, bud. I'm sure everybody who's listening in their cars right now is super thrilled at how many times you just hit that button. No, I think I kept <laughs> the volume. I think I kept the volume low enough. Unless they're <laughs> blasting this, we should be good. We'll find out. All though. right. Um, so last last bit for the rankings here is the supporter shield 19th out of 28th. Uh, again, we're moving up. It's I mean, we're, we're slogging back forth here, there. If I mean, we, we don't need to keep touching on this. If we continue to do what we need to do, we'll, we'll rise up that we might not win it this year, but we're putting the pieces together to be competitive for it in years to come. Yeah, um, I think supporter shield at, at this point of the season is a pretty damn far stretch. I'm still going to say shield or field because it's fun and I love puns. Whew, just did another one right there. Liquid. But look, man, we we beat Orlando, depending on what happens with everyone else. We're going to be tied right around the, the fifth through seventh spot, right? Yep. I mean, Cincy, Orlando, New England all have 25 points and they all have a game in hand. Charlotte is 23 points. They're one above us. They've, we have two games in hand. 
I probably said that backwards. We have a game in hand over Cincy, Orlando, New England. Like we're in a good position. These rankings will have to change. They will have to change if we climb up to like that five or that four spot. We have a whole lot of season left. We just got two. I'm I'm going to say one amazing player because we can say that MLS wise. He Pozuelo has proven it, and we've won. Sort of unknown. We're trusting Hendo in. He's a speedster, can play wing, striker, whatever. Only my hesitation is still on his stats, but people made very valid points. Like Campana's stats weren't great before he came. I'm like, neither. I don't want to go too much here, man, but I'm feeling really good. Neither were Robbie Taylor's. Okay. His stats were non existent. Remember, we looked him up and we're like, who the hell is this guy? Yep. yep. Um, but anyways, uh, let's move on to the next match. It is the ninth, two days from our recording date versus Mickey Mouse FC. We are off to the Magic Kingdom. Now, Revenge. At, or I'm sorry, 8 p.m. at Exploria Stadium. Uh, ninth meeting all-time versus Orlando. Unfortunately, they do lead the series 4-2-2. to two to two. Uh, you know, it, it's fitting, uh, Tideken rivalry week across the MLS. Uh, it, it's, it's only fitting that the halfway mark of our season is going to be against the team that we love to hate. It's yep. going to be a good measuring stick because even as much as we do dislike them, they tend to, they, they tend to bring out either the really best or really worst of our side. Uh, you know, Yedlin came out and said that they have a really bad taste in their mouth from losing to them in the uh, in the Open Cup, mm-hmm. and they want revenge. Redemption, uh, revenge, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm adding, like, they definitely want revenge to that. So, and I don't know. What can I we, jump in here real quick? Yeah, Orlando has been struggling lately, man. It has been the struggle bus. They beat us in the Open Cup. And, uh, you know, I mean, they did go on to, to beat Nashville or whatever. They're, they're having a good Open Cup run. But outside of that, in league play, not doing too great. I mean, this is still a team that we have to, you know, watch out for. They're, you know, they have that Carter guy, then the newer one, you have seven goals. Plato only has three. There's pretty big drop-off. But you've got Perea, who is super talented. You know, he's already got nine assists on the season. Uh, Fagunda Torres. Yeah, Junior Urso. I mean, it's it's a it's a Araujo or is it Araujo? There's too many of those ones, and they have one of the best keepers in the league. It's going to be a tough game. They're going to be coming up fired up. They're going to want to play us well. Uh, this is the last chance they're going to have playing against a team that doesn't have a maestro at the helm. And I think once we get Pozuelo with their struggles, depending on what happens, I mean, they have not been really any good in MLS until our first inaugural season when they nani and they really started to do well, but they're struggling, man. And, and, and we want redemption where we have confidence. We have excitement with our new number 10 with our other, well, you know, he's going to be wearing number eight. There's a new slash. I don't know if anyone saw that, but Pozuelo will be wearing number eight. We'll see what Coco's wearing. This feels right, man. This feels good. Don't want to get ahead of myself. Still going to be a battle. Always will be. But I think, I think we come out here. I don't think it goes five two two, man. It's got to be four three two or four two three. We got to either win or draw. You know, I want to go back to the roster real quick. I have no honest to god reason why I think this way, but every time I see Junior Urso, I just want to punch him in the face. I like Junior Urso. Like I liked him when he did the, the braids. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm not gonna say anything about bad. I'll say bad like nope. Schlegel. Schlegel don't really like Pereira. Don't really like. No, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I do like Torres, but it's just something about Urso's face and the way he, he's on the field. Like I, I think as a player, he he's player wise he's okay, but like I just can't stand. Like I see his face and I'm like, ah, this guy again. You know, kind of like kind of like Alex with Brad Guzon. There's no rhyme or reason to it. He just hates oh, Brad, Brad sucked. Brad has not been good lately. I'll say uh, Alex's hatred for uh, Anton Tinnerholm based off just his face. I like Fair. Junior. Junior looks like a, a, a warrior. Like, I've got nothing bad to say about the man. I've low-key. You know, if there's one <laughs> one person on that team I've, I've, I've been okay with, been cool with it, it's, it's been Junior Urso. He's got, I like the way Shit. he plays, energy, swag. Uh, he's feisty. That's the only good thing I'm going to say about any Orlando City player, hopefully, probably ever. I want to give a quick shout-out on Rivalry Week to our Polish brother in the Discord channel. He put out some spicy, spicy, uh, you know, fuel for the Rivalry Week. Uh, Posted a photo of him burning an Orlando City jersey. Hmm. Addy boy. So shout out to our brother out in Poland, uh, dedicated member to our discord channel and a long time listener. So shout out to him. Jay score predictions. What do you got? Two Oh, inner Miami earlier late. I'm going to add this cause we've been doing a lot of late earlier late. Look, man, I'm sick of this heart attack heron thing, man. I've talked about my trauma with cardiac cards. Can we can we just get up early in a game, kill the game early? That's what I want to. I don't want to see these. I don't know how many more of these, you know, last five minute winners. I mean, that's what two games back to back in like the last three minutes, I guess, total across them. Um, I want to say two. I want to say it's early. I want to say one in the in the first half, one fairly early on in the second half. Kill it off. Defense comes through. Um, the, I, we get our revenge. They still struggle in the regular season. All's right. We're bumped up there. Probably finding ourselves in the, the sixth spot all said and done after this week, still with multiple, uh, teams ahead of us with, with that. We have a game in hand on. So good position. I believe right here now before, uh, I pass over to you. It is something to note. Like, yes, it's always fun to have a game in hand. But not every team is playing seven games. Fair enough. Ours, six of those are league games. Only ones against, you know, the Barcelona exhibition game. I do expect us to catch up. I'm not going to lie. Camp front. No cap. I've not looked at all these other team schedules. So I don't know if everyone's playing six games. I just have to assume someone would be playing five games. I expect it in the July for everyone to be fairly pretty even as far as games played go. And I think we're going to have a pretty, I don't want to say definite, but a pretty, um, reinforced uh, idea of of how the rest of the season will go and if we're going to make the playoffs or not. Yeah. With you on that. You know, a lot, like we've been saying, a lot is going to be told by the end of this month, good, bad, or ugly. You know, it's, it's, good, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we're just hoping that we come out on top. Now, for my score prediction, uh, pardon me wants to give a... Uh, a, a Gary prediction, uh, as you know, in Miami Spartan in our Discord, he always says five nothing with somebody giving a hat trick. Uh, yeah. So it'd be a Leo Campana hat trick. Um, we've even had Drake Calendar. My favorite prediction in one of the games. My favorite prediction for the July Fourth game against FC Dallas was seventeen seventy six to zero. I forgot who did it. 
the good on you. Well, that'll get you investigated by your league. Go over and ask the uh, South American League who was investigating. What was it ninety-one to one and ninety-two to nothing? No, no, I think it was the African League, bro. Yeah, like, dude, the African oh, okay. League is straight up a gimmick, dude. Yeah. Um, but no, no, that's I'm not fair because Af- Africa is not really a country, but rather a continent. But maybe someone hit us up on DM. Whatever league that was in Africa, I can't remember what country it was, but they were yeah. doing some flagrant. They weren't even trying to hide it. Yeah, like between two games, it was like 190 to 1. Yeah. It was, it was everyone's absurd. getting so, paid. Score predictions. And like every time you and I both pick Inter Miami, they lose. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and pick Inter Miami to win. <laughs> Congrats! You played uh, yourself. I played myself. Three uh, one Inter Miami. Leo Campana, Hattie, Hattie. That's Hattie. Really bold. He, he, we have one puts in our history, and you're going two oh, for the same player in the same season. I'm here Dude, for he it. He is. He is going to have a late July Fourth barbecue, and he is gonna serve up some spicy goals. Um, because that's what we expect our, our talisman to do. That's what we expect. Uh, so let's move on to some news. We have some other news besides what we led off with today. Major, major congratulations to the U15s. If you've been following us, you know we've been covering their MLS Next Cup run. They are champions of the MLS Next Cup. Shout out, boys. Good on you. Santiago Morales was named MVP after a tremendous tournament. I'm going to get this wrong, Jay. I believe he had two assists in the final uh, against Real Salt Lake. If not two assists, he had a goal and assist. Yeah, goal, uh, he goal, was playing... assist. goal and assist, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was playing lights out. He yeah. He is one to watch coming up. Um, he is. Uh, just a quick recap in case anyone wasn't watching because I watched that. Uh, yeah, first one assisted. Uh, second goal, um, he was given uh, – it was beautiful just interplay between between the boys. I forgot who assisted him, but basically uh, just light pass, put the ball right, pretty much smack center, probably like two yards um, outside of the 18-yard box, and he one-times it. Just beautiful, 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 beautiful one time. Little curl on it. It goes in. Uh, he won the MVP of the tournament. Um, sign him up. Get let's go, Chris. Sign him up. I, I don't. I might be a little too young. Just get him on there. Get him up. Put him on a NCF two. Uh, get him into the first team within three years. That boy's got some skills. That boy's got some serious skills. Yeah, no, and again, if it's your first time listening, we love to cover the academies. We love to cover these boys. Uh, Not sure who else does it like us, Um, but, you know, these are the foundation. These are the pieces you want to see doing well, continuing on this trend. Noah Allen, congratulations, sir. Uh, Noah Allen and the United States won the U-20 CONCACAF U-20 title uh, with the U.S. Not only... Did they qualify for the Summer Olympics in 2024? They also qualified for the U-20 World Cup in Indonesia in 2023. Uh, again, no, Alan, congrats, bro. Uh, you know, big fan. We all are over here. Uh, it was great to see. Uh, moving on, uh, the runners-up for the CONCACAF U-20 tournament, Eddie Ascona and Israel Boatwright, uh, they actually were not able to play that game uh, due to injury. Uh, but 
They should be proud in their efforts. DR qualified for the U-20 World Cup and the Summer Olympics for the U-20 for the first time in uh, ever. First time in their history. So, you know, shout out to the Dominican Republic U-20. Uh, Ascona actually captained it for three out of the four matches, and he hit an audacious Panenka penalty in PKs versus El Salvador. That thing was... Uh, that was, you know, that takes, no matter what level you're at, that takes a little bit of uh, cojones mm-hmm. to step up is in a PK and hit a panenka. So, uh, you know, Eddie, I know he listens occasionally. Shout out to you. Congrats, my man. Uh, moving on down the line, Kobe Thomas uh, made it to the quarterfinals with Jamaica in the U-20 World Cup. Or, I'm sorry, in the uh, CONCACAF U-20 before being eliminated by fellow teammates as Kona and Boatwright uh, on the Dominican Republic squad. He entered as a sub for four of the five matches. Brian Destin, Jay, he was the youngest player in the tournament at 16 years old on a U-20 squad. One to watch. Uh, he made it into the knockout round before losing to Jamaica in the round of 16, uh, who had Kobe Thomas. Uh, I don't know if you guys are catching on to the trend here, but mm-hmm. Inter Miami was very well represented in this tournament. Yes, sir. Very well represented. Foundation. Uh, Dayron, yeah, Dayron Reyes. Uh, he actually captained three out of the four games for Cuba uh, before they ended up being uh, knocked out by Panama. Uh, yeah. Well done. I mean, well, I mean it's look just at this. great to see these kids. These, yeah. These guys are absolutely balling out. The academy's clicking. We are moving. Um, Everything feels good. Everything feels like it's moving in the right direction. Our academy will be vital in two to three years. These players will start making their way, bleeding up into the first team. Absolutely vital. It is such a good time to be an Inter-Miami fan. You've been rewarded for your unwavering and undying support, loyalty, and love for this community. And, man, I can not express enough how excited and happy I am. I, I'm, I know that sentiment is felt across all of La Familia, all of the fan base. It looks like the pain days are over. I'm not saying we're not going to have hard times. I'm not saying we're going to have hard weeks, but at least we have some sort of light at the end of the tunnel that we're working towards a common goal. And it's getting closer and closer week by week. It feels so good. Yes, do yourself a favor. Go out and support Inter Miami to go out and support these kids at their games. Uh, you know, they play a lot of them behind closed doors, but some of them they do get over to the uh, you know, the bigger fields where attendance is allowed. Um they're they're, bu- they're busting their backside. I mean, as we covered before, they the academy played Manchester United's academy. They played Real Betis. They played Real Madrid. They played, uh, I think they played Villarreal and Atletico and Barcelona. Uh, they're not playing against just American talent. And this is why we're getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why we are doing it. And again, I've said this since I joined the podcast. If you look across at some of the best clubs in the world, they have the best academies. Mm-hmm. They are pumping out talent. They might not sign them all. Let's not be let's not be foolish. They might not sign them all, but they're getting the money for the players they're producing and putting it back into the first team. Oh yeah, we haven't so, even talked about like the amount of money we can make selling some of these players. That's nope, such nope. an asset to have a thriving academy. You can list them all yes. probably really on one hand, top academies in the MLS right now. And if we can breach that top five, which it's already looking like we're doing a pretty damn good job. It's nothing but good news. Nothing but good news. But go ahead and bring us home with uh, your favorite your favorite section, buddy, because it's got your name on it. 
Thans fans only. Yeah. Yeah, buddy, it's the only fans. It's uh, only fans. time where you, the fans, get to ask Jay Kington the questions that are ever burning in your mind. Jay, let's start off with a softball question. All right. I it's like from your boy. <laughs> Keep this political from- bullshit out of here, okay? Yes. Yes. Fun fact, again, we are not going to answer any political based questions about anything. We are two men of the people. We love all of you guys equally. So, Callie asks you, Jay, with who we've signed so far and who we have, what is your ideal starting lineup? What's my ideal ideal starting lineup right now? Yes, that is correct. What is your ideal starting lineup? Um, I'm probably going to go starting from up top. We'll go left wing Lassie, center forward Campana. We'll go right wing Indiana. Um, I'm going to go midfield. Depending on how we're going to structure this, I'm going to say I'm going to act like Gregory will be solo back in the middle. I'm going to say Pozuelo on the left mid side of that, uh, that three in the middle. Uh, here's a question. I'm going to say either Mota or Duke on the right side. I think Duke has definitely earned it. Mota has a little bit more experience. Uh, that's going to be tough. So I'm going to go with one of those. As far as the backs go, I would love for Karen Gibbs to get healthy again, but we'll stay with probably McVeigh. Maybe Noah Allen gets some playing time uh, throughout the season, but we'll, let's say safe bet McVeigh. Uh, left back, we'll go with uh, Mabike, Mabika and uh, Damian Lowe as the center backs. And, of course, right back is going to be DeAndre Yellen. And Marsman is back. He is healthy, but that doesn't matter because Derake, Draco, the Sticks God, the Zen Master, best keeper in the league. He's staying in between the Sticks for us. That would be mine. What are your thoughts? You have edits on that? You're probably going to obviously gonna- favor Duke, but anything else outside of that? I'm going to edit, I'm going to edit Sailor in, uh, not, the, I love Mabika. You all know I love Mabika, mm-hmm. but Sailor's earned it at this point to me. Sailor has earned that spot. And I got to be honest with you, dude. I have a 12th man that I really wanted to put into the, the squad, but I can't argue. Victor Uyoya. It was actually going to be David Norman Jr. I'm kidding. DNJ. (laughs) Bring back DNJ. I don't even know where. Let's look this up. I've lost tabs on our boy. Uh, David Norman Jr. Where is our boy? So he is playing for uh, Calvary FC in the Canadian Premier League. 31 appearances. One goal for our boy. There we go. There we go. Bring back David Norman Jr. Bring him back. That's the final piece. Forget use Messi. an international DN- spot on David Norman Jr. Dude, DN- DNJ for life. Um, but I no. One so time, my- I spent like thirty minutes in FIFA trying to do a finesse pass, where like I one eighty spin back heel it, but into the goal, just so I could save the video to share with people about David Norman Jr. scoring in a made up imaginary video game. Uh, that's got to be some love. Like my love for Lewis Morgan is like your love for David Norman Jr. Let's just be honest here. Hey, I love Lewis. Um, that's not fair. Yeah. Uh, no. So before we got severely sidetracked with that, and I apologize. Um, I really wanted to find a way to slot Robbie Taylor into that. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of rotation, a lot of rotation. Maybe. I think I would be okay. I mean, I love Lassie's speed, 
but Robbie Taylor has seemed to be more um, critical for us uh, in, say, the past, you know, eight games, something like that. So I would be okay with Robbie on either side of the wing. Robbie Indy on the side of the wing. I'm, you know what? I think you just changed my mind there. But still, rotation. We're still going to see a lot of Emerson. Still going to see a lot of Lasseter. Keep in mind, seven games this month, we're going to have to have rotation. We finally have depth. Maybe not on the back line as we want, but in areas we've been lacking in, we finally have some depth. I would say I'm okay with Indy starting on that squad if then he somehow swaps to the left and Robbie Taylor slots in. Be only because, and I'm not talking poorly on the kid, but Emerson is is really, really raw, yeah. and there's a lot of plays. I find myself scratching my head going, come on, man, you know the play to make. He's, he's, like, me in, tr- he's like me in pro clubs. <laughs> Dude, don't even. Just don't he's even. Good. He's taking on everyone. He doesn't care. <laughs> his eyes light up, and it's his moment to shine. Dude, I got some PTSD yeah, about all of our pro clubs games. It's, Dude, Jim and I played good. last week, and we did uh, uh, duos, and uh, we were like, we went like six in a row. I mean, granted, we just started, so it was like D nine or ten, whatever the worst one is when you start, but. Hey man, we were on Jim, 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 Jim had a good time. Yeah. Uh, I actually got him an assist today cause he was telling me that you would never pass the ball to him. Uh, moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question. Don Cafecito. Is Chris Henderson, the next godfather of Miami and sports after Pat Riley? No. Because the next godfather of South Florida sports is Kodak Black. He is the now the unofficial mascot for the Florida Panthers, man. Show Kodak the respect he deserves. Um, no, nah, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's got to be Hendo. It has to be. I'm okay with the statue of Hendo right now. Put it in dry pink. I don't care. Or put it in my Freedom Park. What a, what a, he is our savior. And Hendo, we trust, man. Like, yeah, we got to make like a, like a Hindo rosary or something. We need to have church, I, of, church of the Almighty Hindo. I actually wanted to take the meme, and I forgot which one of our guys shared it, but of the Chairman Hendo photo. I want to get that on a shirt. Mm-hmm. I just want to have that on a shirt. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say at this point, it's really too early to say because uh, Pat Riley did a lot for the area, did a lot for the Miami Heat, did a lot for the NBA in general. Uh, surprise, we're getting a lot of NBA talking. Hendo episode. did that for the MLS, and he did that for Seattle. So I understand, but we're talking solely Miami. Oh, okay, fair. So well, you said as of right now, right, whatever. Okay, after he after he pulls this off, yes, absolutely. Moving forward, and you and I already touched on this, but I still I still feel like we need to answer this question. Shadow 305, with a better, more cohesive squad than we have seen previously, is this half of the season, this upcoming half of the season, make or break for Phil, depending on how we end with the playoff hunt? Um, No, I don't think it's make or break. I don't. I mean, I, th- I don't think we're looking at just the next 18 games, or sorry, 19 games technically, right? I think we're, I don't want to do that math in my head. What's 19 plus 34? Uh, I don't know. I'm not doing that math right now. Sorry. Uh, I, I think he is until next season. I think he's already bought himself next season. I think we reevaluate at the end of the, uh, at the end of the sanctions, right? At the end of, of 2023. But I am in 
to be fair, you know, I wasn't, I've not been the biggest Phil Neville fan, but he's earned it. He has earned it. The changes he's made, the timing of those changes, the mentality he's instilled in this team, working hand in hand with Chris. And, and also, you know, Chris had a, wanted to shout out like the whole team, like Megan, uh, Sam Gregory, uh, Mark Prezant, like everyone who's focused on rebuilding this team and getting the best value buys they can for the least amount of money because we don't have as much money as we need to. As every other team, we're, we have these sanctions. Um, I, I know it's, it's not. I mean, I think Phil has done a pretty bang up job now in hindsight. And unless we nosedive out of the playoffs, he's going to be here for next season. And uh, you know, I'm okay with it. Unless a, 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 an amazing coach comes available that wants to coach at Inter Miami, then then maybe we, we reevaluate that. But as we said earlier this season, right, towards the end, like who wants this job? Two years under sanctions, who wants that job? One of the worst teams in the league over the past two years, who wants that job? Nobody. I'm going to say, and this might be a little hot take, if we crash and burn, he gets one more year because he has shown that he is not afraid to put the foot down and make the changes necessary. Plus, let's be honest, none of us expected us to be in this spot at the beginning of the season. Yeah. All right. I think we're in agreement. If he succeeds, yes. If he succeeds, here comes the hot part. We lock him up for three. After the sanctions? I think. So you're saying like after. No, we lock him up. After this season. If he succeeds this season, lock him up for three? Lock him up for three. Because he is going going to be a proven commodity on the market or he will be on the market but he's gonna be a proven commodity and in, in terms of the coaches here and folks might try to start coming after him we'd want to keep him on board to get us through this next season and then continue to build upward and onward on the foundations that he's laid the worst thing we can do right now is if he does well we refuse to or just don't re-sign him to an extension and then let him walk and have to start from ground zero again. That's my take. I, he's definitely back that boy. I don't think he's going to do anything like that. I, I think that no, I think he should be given right now, today, tonight, until he should be given the rest of this season and all of next season. I don't think any decisions should be made um, post, post those sanctions being removed. But I don't think he would do his boy David like that. Fair enough. Uh, we got two more. Let's make them quick. Rapid fire. Demont, 525. Have any of the rumored signings, realistic or not, uh, have there any, have there, I can't even talk anymore. That's that's where I'm at right now. Have there been any rumored signings, realistic or not, which you wanted to see happen more than any of the others? The reason this was brought on is because Jesse Lingard has been rumored to want to come to the MLS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I don't think there's really been much connection between Inter Miami and Jesse. I saw like one article, but it's always a stretch. Uh, You're going to hate me. Discord might hate me. Suarez to get messy. That's what I want. That's what I want. I think they would still shred this league. Finally sell out that stadium. I will take Luis Suarez and Leo Messi in the wintertime window. I don't want to say these words, but I have to agree. Yes. Yes. At, hold on. Yes. There's a caveat to this. There's a caveat to this. I don't want them. But looking at the rest of the list, I really don't want any of those. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
certain maybe Ronaldo, okay, right? Much, no, he's not coming. He's we're 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 gonna sell him at a loss. He, and oh, he's gonna oh, go sorry, off and I'm, win I'm not referring to only this transfer window. I'm just talking about like you know in the next couple of years. Yeah, I still believe he's going back to Sporting Lisbon to end his career when it's all said and done. So I don't think he's coming over. He wants to be but, an actor. I'm just going to LA. No, I know. I mean, he is an actor. He, no, I can't think of <laughs> my boy. Um, so I'm looking at who we had left or who we were linked to. And like none of them really pop out as like, I, I would love to see these guys here. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I wanted Vega, but now I that we have Pozuela, we don't need a Vega. We don't need a 10. Well, that was the most crucial position for me. I, you know what? I got. Let me let me walk this back. I gotta walk it back. Luka Modric. Uh, well, I know we don't need him, but he's filthy. Okay? Is that realistic? No, I'll but he, we said day. realistic or not. I would probably take Luka over over Suarez and Messi. I would. I, could you imagine his passing, his pinpoint passing to Campana? Yeah, I mean, well, Pozuelo and, and Modric? I mean, we're obviously probably going to have to get rid of Mota and Duke. We can probably sell him for a decent price. That's assuming we can keep Campana. I'll, I'll tell you what, scratch all my answers. I just want to sign Campana to a three-year deal. Yeah. That would be the, uh, the dream come true. I don't need a Suarez. I don't need a Messi or Ronaldo, Modric or Benzema. I don't need Ruud van Nistelrooy coming out of retirement, okay? I don't need Clarence Seydorf, Nesta. I don't need... Any of them, just give me Campana for two to three more years, and I will be happy. I I agree with you, but going just to answer the question, I'm going to throw a different duo out for you. Modric and Ramos, because, and hear me out. Hold on before you start giving me the eh face that nobody else can see besides me. Modric because of his passing. Ramos because we love our boy who gets yellow and red cards, and we want to continue to lead that stat. Yeah. He would walk out onto the pitch, stare at the official, and get a red card in I this know, league. I know, but I don't so, think we should waste DPs on defenders. I don't think DPs waste- on defenders nor goalkeepers are wise in the MLS. I think there's enough quality to lock it down. You only have three players you can really utilize unless you break it down in two DPs and three young DPs or buy one out, da-da-da, three DPs, but, you know, whatever. I would rather we- us focus on... Like, like, here's the deal. Our wing is is okay, right? Like, Lassie, yeah, he's okay. He's got speed. He's had some goals. He's also made a lot of mistakes. Emerson's still very raw. Yeah, Indy's good. Robbie Taylor's good. Cool. We'll keep one of them. But give me, like, a, give me a, you know, like a, a, a Messi or even Suarez could play on the wing a bit. Like, I would rather have Pozuelo as a DP, Campana as a DP, and someone on the wing right or left. I'll give you the pick. I would rather it be spread out into the more critical areas because I don't think defense is that area. Right. You're saying that we shouldn't waste a DP slot on defense or goalkeeper, yet we wasted a DP slot on a team ambassador. Just saying. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. all I'm saying. At least they cleared that right. off too, right? At least all the, yeah. at least we're good next season. Dude, Mike Marinelli posted a video of uh, his daughters at a camp that showed up at Drive Pink Stadium. And I got to be honest, dude, Blaze looked lost. He's trying to like, like show, like show these campers around and he, he his face read like i don't even know what to do here because i don't even spend any time here mm-hmm. i don't know what you want me to tour because i'm on a tour myself but uh you know is what it is last question this is specifically for you because i could care less jay 
Paul wants to know how many goals Chelsea would beat Arsenal by in the upcoming preseason match. Uh, at least two. At least two. I, I'm i trying to decide which Chelsea jersey I'm busting out for. It. I hope it's 0-0 zero, zero and it goes into an endless round of penalties where everybody's tired for the Premier League because <laughs> I don't like either squad. Um. You know, jokes aside, though, it is good to see these squads coming back over. It is criminal, the price of some of these tickets, especially for fathers like us who want our sons to be able to enjoy the teams that we don't get to see often. I'm selling two tickets. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm even talking, you know, I talked about the Bayern tickets, too. I want to take Riley to go see Bayern in D.C. And I, I refuse to pay $125 for nosebleeds, especially yeah. when Lewandowski is most likely not going to be there, even though that whole transfer saga is its own deal with Bayern saying that he doesn't believe Barca is going to, uh, the president of Bayern doesn't believe Barca is going to exist in two years. Shots fired. Uh, so oh, no. with that being said, we want to thank all of the supporters. We love you guys. We would not be here without you guys. The supporter groups, you guys kick ass every single week. All of our Discord members, you guys are the real deal. Jay, where can they find us on social media? On Twitter at InterMIA Podcast. On Instagram at InterMiami Podcast. If you want to join our Discord channel, it is in our social media links. Fair warning, it gets spicy. So be careful. And as we end every episode, but even more importantly, our 100th episode, Jay, vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. Thanks for even sticking around for this long. I know we got some OG listeners. What a ride. Love you all. We don't. We don't know why you're here, but we love you. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 